And my family was not supportive. Let's just, let's really make call what that is. There was, you know, and I've given them passes. There could have been times like where Jim Morrison disowned his family. I, I, I understood that. Like, you know, and there's still beefs and uh, it's a whole other series. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would have stayed in L.A. when I was nine years old. Who the fuck knows whose hamburger bun I would have been? I would have been like the Oscar Mayer wiener kid. Hold the wiener. I would have been, you know, Lunchables. And I would have been in that kid actor circuit, which I know a lot of them now. Some of them become huge stars and some of them fucking putting Band-Aids on their taint. You know what I'm saying? Too soon. So, I don't know. I'm pretty slick with the shit. So, I would have figured it out. You know, or I would have got disenfranchised. Who the fuck knows? But my mother was, you know, loving mother, overprotective, but just didn't get the business, you know. And my dad was like a huge dreamer. He's like, you should do it. But also like was like a gambling nutbag. I love him to death. But Jesus Christ, put the scratchers down, dude. I mean, they're both dead. I can't talk ill well about the dead. But, you know. Got to share. The number one reason I got in this business is pain. Deep-seated pain. With the desire for massive amounts of pleasure. So pain of nuns telling me what to do. Pain of doctors telling me I had a bad heart. Pain of my mother always blaming me for everything. Pain of my siblings not getting my fucking jokes. Pain of fucking dumb bosses at fucking pizza shops telling me I was a, you know, idiot. Forget the dough. All of that shit. Pain of not having enough money to buy a cheesesteak every day. Like, shit like that. It was just like, fucking, this sucks. This fucking cold subway fucking city. Negative Nelly. Philly is the negativist city. It's gotten so much better, but it is a, you know what time it is? You don't have a fucking watch, you fucking douchebag, you fucking pussy. Like, Philly is like, yo, I think, it's not even like I want to be an astronaut. I think I want to maybe, possibly, if you work in a pizza shop, I think I want to move up to a taco shop. You can't do that, you fucking bitch ass pussy motherfucker. Fuck you. How the fuck did Kate Winslet win Best Accent when I'm from Delco and somebody said her accent was better than mine? Fantastic, incredible actress. One of a kind. A generation actress. But you can't fucking say I can't fucking do a fucking Delco accent because that's fucking Philadelphia. That's how you hawk it hawk. You hawk it hawk. That's how people talk. <laughs> yeah, hawk you. You hawk it. What am I saying right now? Hawk you, hawk if he, 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 I'll be your hawking ass out of hawking hell. Fuck. <laughs> That's how I grew up. I possibly don't want to be a plumber. You think you're hawking better than me? Hawk if he, he, he. Oh, God, this is making me... I, this podcast started a sad Sally. I'm so, I'm so happy right now. Making me laugh myself. You too. Listen, so, pain. With the desire of pleasure. Oh, I want to meet women. Oh, I want to make money. Damn, I want to have unlimited cheesesteak and tacos. Damn, I don't want a fucking shitty, rusty old Volkswagen Rabbit. I want a fucking BMW. Bam, I don't want to live in this shitty fucking inner city apartment. I want a house. Bam, I don't want to go to an ice rink. I want to go to the beach. Bam, that's what California represented to me. Dreams. And I talk to you all that stuff because people like Michael was... 
you know, live the dream and all these different things and create and created these dreams, you know, through hard work and, you know, moves and, you know, you know, I don't know all about his dealings, but for me, my dealings were like hard work and fucking fucking persistence, not taking no for an answer and some fucking luck for sure. I don't know how much luck, but definitely fucking luck or whatever that is. Just catching the fucking, I'm lucky I had a good audition. The casting director liked me and said, come meet Wes Craven on Thursday. Like I said, I got to meet him on Thursday, but maybe he had a good burrito for lunch. He was happy. I fucking did another great audition. He's like, that was great. Like, what if he had a bad burrito? Like, I might not be Scream. A fucking, you know, Ken Jeong might have been Randy. I don't fucking know. Like, but I did it. I got maybe, well, maybe it was my performance. Maybe I was lucky. Maybe it was a good burrito. What I'm saying is I don't know the answers to all these things. This is the simulations. So there's so much to say. So let me just give you an example. Why I got inspired to talk about this is because I see people on Instagram like having their best life. Like I see people with titles, actor, comedian. First of all, if you have to put that in your title, don't do it. Unless you're like a really working actor or a working comedian, you're grinding and you like are starting to make money and you like want to people know because it's professional booking. I respect that. You got to do that. I never told people I was shit until I remember, I'll never forget my sister was like, Jerry, somebody saw you on Ellen. She did the Ellen show. This was when she had her sitcom and I go, she didn't tell us. I go, oh yeah, I just do it. I didn't have to tell you. And she called me on the phone. This is when you had phones. And I go, yeah. I auditioned and I did it. She goes, well, that's awesome. I go, is it? Where were you? I think I told my mom and dad, but my sister, who was very negative to me, did not help me, fucked me up, said, I saw you on the TV. And I said, yeah, okay, cool. And she was like so blown away. I'm like, what do you think I've been doing for six fucking years eating fucking ramen? Yeah. By the time I already got it, I was over trying to prove it to her. You you start because you want to prove people wrong and all this shit. So, yeah, I didn't tell nobody shit. Once I, when, when I first got my job or something, I was a fucking, some restaurant. There was two reactions I got when I worked my, one of my first jobs in LA. It's probably eight months in. And one was an angel, Rhonda. Hello, Rhonda, if you're watching, you know you're an angel to me. And another was another guy, I'm not going to name him. And the guy was such a fucking prick nose. You know, you, you know him from one iconic thing and that's it. And, um. It's not his fault. He's insecure. We're all insecure. And another waitress, wonderful woman, Rhonda. And I go, well, I really want to be an extra because I started doing extra work. And I go, she goes, you don't want to be an extra. You want to be an actor. Actually, that's what it was. She encouraged me first. And then I just want to be an extra. And then she told me that, yeah, I don't want to do that. You want to be an actor. Like, you can act. And I was like, what's that? So that was like a little angel for me. Then I told this guy that and he shit on it. And then I told like another like person at the restaurant I was working at and they shit on it. After like four shits or five shits in my mouth, I'm like, I'm not a fucking actor anymore. I'm not a comedian. They go, what are you doing out here? And I did the old fucking thing. The weather. Change space. The weather. Because I don't need people hitting me daily with fucking lemon balls. Okay. So I just lie. Just like when people are on an Uber and I get a chatty Uber. Where are you from? You know what I say? Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. It's great, right? Isn't Phoenix great? Where are you from? No matter where I am in the world. Phoenix. It's just a perfect city with the thing. You don't know what the fuck Phoenix about. Anything can happen in Phoenix, but it's also like something you don't think about. It's just the sun. Phoenix, what do you do? Seminar. I'm here for a seminar. What? Insurance and stuff. 
like I see this stuff. So if you're on Instagram, don't give yourself a title, in my opinion, unless you're doing it. And even then, you want to get to the place, obviously, where everybody does, where you're just a thing. And people know who you are. But again, if you're a worker person, if you're a fucking hard grinding road comic and, you know, you want to get booked comedian, you know, do your thing. If you're like an actor is doing under fives and you got a guest star, I get that fucking, I'll shut the fuck up. But if you like haven't had any credits and you're not in SAG yet, I don't think you should put actor on your fucking thing. I mean, that's just me. I wouldn't have did that. And you can fake it till you make it, but you know, don't lie to people. I always tell people, you know, when they were, were open, I'd be like, well, I'm trying to really act, but you know, it's hard. So long story. I see a lot of people that are in uh, helicopter parents, the, the, the children of helicopter parents. And I'm seeing like, you know, and listen, my parents were great in a lot of ways. One way they weren't great is they never fucking, I was crazy, Jamie. Like I was never validated enough. You know what I'm saying? It took my mother fucking years, right? When she's on her deathbed going, oh, that makes sense. Like fuck, before her last breath. I'm like, now you fucking get it. Like, listen, and I don't care. Oh, it was their time and all this stuff. That's great. I understand that. You know, this is how I feel. I'm allowed to share it. And so if you don't feel validated, what do you do? You, you run the Hollywood, right? That's what the good artists do. There's one artist who's very huge. I want to say his name. And another huge comedy producer said, you have no trauma. I've never met anyone with no trauma. And yet you're so funny. And I don't want to put their business out there. And I don't know. It, he would be an anomaly because this person is hilarious. And they say that he's had a wonderful upbringing. And if he has no trauma, which is crazy. Um, you know, I think, you know, Kurt Cobain is always going to be for me the barometer of pain turned into magnificent art. Like fucking top of the line art. Pained individual from everything I've researched with him. Just fucking destroyed as an individual. But my God, his art. Fucking. It just, if he went out on just bleach, you got my vote, bro. God bless you. So, and an incredible artist like Eminem. Eminem, you know Eminem's an insane graphic artist, like 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 Marvel comic graphic artist. You know that? Did you guys know that? He's insane. Like as as good as he is a rapper. I, I it's, it's God bless it. You know. So those people are just when they're hyper 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 talented, they're always going to figure out a way to express it. Especially if they're not introverted, you know, like, that's me. I, I, when people were rude to me, I didn't go oh, in the corner. I was like, fuck you. I got hurt. And then after like sixth grade, I started going, fuck you back. And that's, so I'm an extrovert. So I wasn't scared to fight because I didn't die. So I'm like, I'm going to fucking go out. So here, so anyway, I see all these like people giving themselves congratulations for fucking winning like a fucking theater award and fucking, uh, you know, uh, fucking uh, Victorville Theater Company or they got accepted and they, whatever, whatever. Little victories are great. Okay. I never did that shit. Like I'm trying to tell you, I didn't tell my family when I was on fucking network TV and it was a number one show that night. Now maybe I'm fucked up, which I am. But what I'm saying is I wasn't like, I did it. I made it. I was like, fuck you. This is just the beginning. Right. But to me, this is how it works. So here's an example. Cause I got inspired. Cause I saw somebody like talking about the stuff they did and they were, Fucking couldn't believe it. And it was a very, very minor achievement, a tiny achievement. And I know we have to like be good to ourselves, but I'm like, if you're celebrating that shit, what the fuck are you in this for? Because you're going to fucking make millions if you do this right. 
millions, tens, maybe hundreds, and you're still going to be miserable if you're good. That's what I believe. So I got a lot of, you know, I'll tell you a story and I'll end it. I was getting, you know, a lot of heat. Like I said in my last video, it's not about, you know, so many people care about heat, but it should be about your talent, right? So I got screened, I got screamed to, I got enemy estate. Things were going good. And, um, you know, I was with CIA, which Mike Ovitz built, and um, biggest agency, and they're really pushing me for TV. And I didn't know why, but I was like, yeah, I guess they want their TV money. But I'm like, I'm a fucking actor. I wanted to be a movie actor star. And I should have held my fucking ground, but everybody was, like, pushing me, and they go, you get TV in the fucking winter, do an action movie in the summer. And Will Smith was doing it, so I was like, okay, it's not terrible, but it was like Tom Cruise never did TV, and, you know, certain people. But... The, you know, the, the the generations were changing, right? So I meet, you know, people, the producer, Judge Judy, and they had this pilot that was super fucking high on. And it was a huge dance, um, a huge to-do to get this pilot. And I had to do multiple meetings. I, was, I should just do a whole podcast about the experience because it was one of the most times I had on uh, and, uh, you know, that's a, whatever you want to read that into. But the great news is that the ABC network was absolutely behind me. They loved me. But this is when I learned about how TV is basically takes, you know, there's a lot of people in TV that are, TV is so fear-based, so fear-based. It's like, it's got to work, man. And if it ain't work, it's your fucking fault. You know, it's like they always are going to blame the star of the show. But the star of the show gets the credit, but sometimes they Maybe they get the credit when they don't deserve it. That's true. But sometimes they get the blame when they don't deserve it. That's true. So it was a long story, and I got a, I got this pilot, and I was basically a fucking talking puppet. I couldn't be me at all. These guys were so scared, and they didn't know what I was capable of. I was before Jamie Kenning's Berman, and that's okay. And I was in Scream, and I was the energy guy. And we're energy, and energy, and energy. And like, I'm like, fuck, dude. So I said, listen, and I got through it. I fucking, you know, fucking sat down there and fucking played ball and fucking bowed and nodded you know yes, yes sir and all that stuff and um because i knew the payday you know 100 episodes you know you're looking at 20 million and fucking a house in malibu and you're figuring out your next move you know what i mean i there was so much pressure on me i was lucky i was getting pressure and fucking tension from my agents were actually pretty good i will say that my caa and my managers were very good they were pretty damn they were very supportive we're usually a three under the bus they were very good that year I'll actually say that They were behind me uh, But like, like the studio the, You know they, There was a lot of people About my ass But I was very lucky Because ABC Was very nice to me Like the network Which that could be The hardest part I had them on my side And so that was a big whew, There was a lot And maybe that caused tension With other people Because ABC kind of was like Well Jamie's doing his job like and then they would like get close doors and they'd be like listen here cinderella wipe that fucking line i was like well i abc liked it and then like but it was my first pilot so i was like i don't know who who i got an sd fine whatever right big picture so anyway i got to the point where i was doing all these rehearsals and stuff and um this was a huge week for me because i had to get fucking focused and i couldn't have any distractions 
And it was crazy because it was the craziest time right now. It was like there were three things happening. I had to shoot this pilot, and then you shoot it, and then you wait to see if you get picked up. I just booked Bowfinger, so I knew I had a summer job, which was going to be awesome, and I needed a new pacemaker. So I had three things. And so my mother was like, I'm going to come out. You know, I want to come out. And I'm like, okay, you know, you come out. And she's like, I want you know, to come out and, and I'll, uh, see, you know, I'll see the taping and then, um, you know, you'll, so I literally did the taping and then the next day I had to go to the hospital for surgery. And then two weeks later I had to pass a test to make sure I was good. And then I could start Bowfinger. So I'm going to get back to that part. The good news is I get the jobs, all this stuff, it's a ton of pressure. And like, try it again. And you get like, when it's tape night, I knew it was going to be my time. I'm like, look, listen, guys, I know we're doing this stuff in run throughs and they literally do stuff. I don't know if you've ever been to a run through. I guess if you're not an actor, you don't know, but you do it and all the writers are there. And if it's their joke, they go like this and you're like, so my dog and uh, so my dog, it's like, woof, woof. And they're like, <laughs> and they look at the executives. And if the executives aren't laughing, they try to help get the laugh. This is a known thing in TV. Or they're like, <laughs> you know, like it's a very fucking intense thing and cutthroat from writers, write at their own, laugh their own jokes, all this shit. So it's not real until you get humans in there. Right. So there's laughter or they like the way this works or the director keeps laughing at it. There's, he's trying to sell his direction. The writer, the showrunner's trying to sell their direction. So, you know, they're trying to get the network and the network at the end of the day is going, we like this, we don't like this, right? Which, by the way, the network just wants something that they could sell soap next to. But this process, the network was incredible. Like they were the chillest and everyone else was not. And I don't care. I'm going to say that. So I'm like, look, I think you guys I'll do it everyone I was getting line readings which I don't even care but you know how many actors will cry with that so I was like I will do whatever you want and I go you got your take right for you and then I got your take for you right because it's a live studio audience so it's like a stand-up show and I go and I go just do me a favor like you've seen me in my movies and stuff like just give me a take for me and the network was there and I'm like and they're like all right man we, we can talk about it right. so I would do their take, get a nice laugh. You know, I would do the next take for them, his take, get a good laugh. And I'm like, and they're like, are you good? And I like give them a couple. I'm like, I'm good. And the network's like, it's good. Literally like they do it. They do it. Network looks, network nods, moving on. That's how it is. It's made. No pressure. But hey, they're paying you $100,000. So, you know, they tell you to fucking take shit and smear it on your cheek. You do it. That's me though. That's me. There's people in this new generation, they'd be like, well, I don't have to smear shit. If you want, I want $100,000, I'm going to smear shit. I will put up with fucking a lot of shit to get to the fucking bigger picture. That's me. So I waited like two or three, uh, like a scene in. It was like 20, 20 scenes. And I was like, huh? like the third scene, because it was going okay. It was going good. And then I had this nice moment. I just knew I had like this physical moment and stuff. And I go, all right, Daniel. yeah, man. They like it. And I go, can I do mine? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Make it quick. And I did it, and I had this little movie. You can look at it, and it's a little physical thing. And I go, nope, or something like that at the end. And just the dumbest little thing. And the fucking crowd lost it. And the network's like, and they're like, the next scene, yeah, can I do my, like, boom. Once I got those two laughs from the crowd, the network's like, okay, this motherfucker is knowing what he's doing. And now I was like, my take, my, by the 10th scene, I'm like, guys, 
boom. And that's what I had to do. I put up with all the other stuff because it was great money. It was a wonderful opportunity. I was lucky to get the job. All that being said, I was being stifled. So once I knew my play, I picked my poison. I fucking knew the crowd would lose it. And the crowd is the end all be all. That's your fucking. That's who you're selling soap to. The network's all like, they had the power. Like, yo, let the bull run. Bam, laugh, bam, laugh, boom, whatever. Fucking huge rap party. Everybody's drinking, laughing. We got a hit. We got a hit. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. They tested the fuck out of it. And the thing never fucking aired. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Suck it, keep the ego down, keep your emotions down, get through it. That's not the point of the story. That's just some of the pressures. I didn't even lay it out. I didn't lay out the players. I didn't lay out how the, where the director was going to direct. He directed a seminal movie after this, all this shit. I didn't direct any of that. I had to go to surgery the next day. I think I had to do the next day. No, because I was drinking. I think I just drank just to the point where you have to have the 12 hour or whatever. So maybe it was an afternoon surgery. It's pretty easy to do. Long story short is my mother said, I'm going to come. And I said, okay. And I got her a suite at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I put her there. And I didn't have her come to the taping because I couldn't deal with having to babysit her emotions. And that's pain. Do you understand? She came and it was loving because she wanted to be by her boy when he got a surgery, which I loved. And I wanted to chill, so I recuperated in the Beverly Hills Hotel for five days. I couldn't even have her come to the taping because I was like, if she's there, she could say something negative. It could fuck with my head. Or she's worried if a joke is like, you know, against the Catholic religion. I couldn't deal. And that's why I got into comedy. Do you understand? And this is why I have pain because... My mother and my family don't realize that this job and what I'm doing is very different than what anyone does. And it's something that's very hard to do. Anyone can go into some kind of college. It's not that hard. But this is. And they would try to make it seem like it wasn't. And that just made me more isolated and far away. They never gave me my flowers until it was too late. 